What's your name? Mia. Mia. Guess I'll see you in the movies. Spoilers ahead. Hi, I'm Jake. And I'm Callum. And welcome back to another episode of 1001 A Film Podacy. This week we watched Damien Chazelle's La La Land. This 2016 musical is as charming and bold as the colours used to bring this Los Angeles fairy tale to life. The story follows a jazz passionate pianist and aspiring actress who find themselves torn between their love for each other and fulfilling their dreams. A jazz passionate what? So, Jake... Why did you pick La La Land? It's probably quite obvious if you just have a look on your letterbox page, but yes. tell us all why. It is one of my favourite films. Um, yeah, thank you. You can pick four, can't you, for letterbox, and it made the cut. Yeah, it's a weird amount for. Yeah, why five, not five? Really. Yeah, we, do always, yeah, we do three. We do a top three. three. <laughs> but I see a lot yeah. of top fives. Maybe that's why, to stand out. Top four. Perhaps, yeah. There's a, lot, there's a lot of things I'd change about Letterboxd. I'd change the five-star rating to a ten-star rating. It's too late to change it now. How, how, yeah. you, couldn't, you couldn't manage that. Ask everyone to re-rate everything. I know, yeah, that'd be ridiculous. Um, but anyway, yeah, La La Land, um, I think, is um, just a... It's magical. <laughs> <laughs> I just think it's brilliant. From the first time I saw it in the cinema to, to now, I've, I've must have watched it. At least a dozen times. I could watch it. I only watched it two nights ago, and I could I could easily stick it on now and watch it again, which I do a lot with films I like. Just rewatch them. I don't know if I've got a problem. Yeah, you're a serial rewatcher. I, yeah. I see a, see the little uh, refresh. What's the the little circular arrow on Letterboxd a lot when you're uh, watching films? But that's nice. No, well, the the serial one. I just seem to watch. Um, friends over and over again and then when i finish it i'll watch peep show over and over again and then when i finish that i'll watch the office and then i'll go back to friends again and then i'll do peep show but like, holy triumphant like i say i just re-watch the same things over and over again and and then once a year i'll alternate between sopranos and breaking bad that's pretty i'm a very, I'm a very simple man of simple pleasures well you like what's good there you go i know what i like what do you think of, of Lala? I, I was very worried when I picked this film because I knew you initially liked it when you first watched it, but I wasn't sure if you'd been poisoned by um, the more obscure films that you've seen in the last yeah. sort of five years, um, and maybe it didn't live up to you, but uh, I've seen your rating. I'll keep it a secret. Uh, yes, I was worried about that as well because I do remember liking it, and, that, and I'd only watched it once when it came out. I've, whatever it was, 2016. And I couldn't really remember much of it, to be honest. Um, so, yeah, I was also worried that I was going to try and be pedantic and compare it to the films I've seen since then. But no, I, I really liked it, to be to be honest. Against all my, you know, usual pretentious things I say, La La Land, I do. I do, I think it's a good film. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's an anomaly in my life. I do, I do like it. I think it's, it's one of those films because I have recommended this film to a lot of people um, over the years. They should probably give me a bit of commission because I'm imagining a, at least a few quid of their sort of box office is, is due to me telling people to watch it. First thing people say, sorry, is, yeah, but isn't it a musical? Yes, it is, but it's not like Hairspray or Grease or anything like that, is it? It's, I don't know. It's, yeah. it's a bit more classy than that. It's not, apart from, well, what I say to people when I recommend it is, yeah, yeah it's a musical, but just watch it and then you'll understand. Also, give the first five minutes just a bit of leeway because I remember when I watched it in the cinema. I mean, it's good now, now I've seen the rest of the film and I get the first five minutes and stuff. But yeah. 
the freeway scene and then the another day of sun yeah it's good but i can imagine that's not everyone's cup of tea yeah because it, it's very happy and jolly and colorful isn't it and you're like oh god is it gonna be well yeah. if we had watched some brothers of sherbug before this we're gonna oh god are they gonna sing all the way through it again that's probably yeah. what we'd have thought <laughs> it's you'd roll like your that. eyes wouldn't you but after the first fight although i do think it's that, that's a fine scene it fits perfectly um the rest of the film, I think most people that give it a go w- would would enjoy it. I can't imagine many people not yeah. not liking it. It's one of those sort of films, I think. Yeah, it draws you in. Do you want to know a fact about that first opening scene, straight off the bat? Go on. Uh, well, apparently Damien Chazelle was originally inspired to do an opening musical number that introduced the viewers to the tone and tenor of the city by, by the Maurice Chevalier musical Love Be Tonight from 1932. That one begins with the city of Paris uh, beautifully waking up, um, and the Los Angeles equivalent is a traffic jam. So there yeah, you go. That's true. So that's... It, there's a lot of uh, influences in this film, I think, but he was very open about that, wasn't he? It wears it on its sleeve, I think, this film. Yeah, definitely. Um, as we've done, well, one of our fallen brothers, the Umbrellas of Cherbourg, <laughs> um, the Jacques Demy classic. Uh, as we know, Damien Chazelle's a, a big fan of that film yes. um, and took a lot of inspiration from it. Um, I've, I've, I know it's a couple of Easter eggs. I tried to stay away from uh, looking it up online. I tried to see if I can find as many as I could when watching it. Um, oh, yeah. I found a few to be fair. Um, do. do you want me to go through them now? Or? Yeah, go for it. Well, in the film, Mia <laughs> is writing a one woman show. Yes. Uh, and the character is called Genevieve. Ah, didn't notice that. There you yeah. go. Well, she doesn't say it. She writes it down, um, ah. and I spotted that. Um, and also, um, there's like the the what I've seen at the end. We'll go into that in more detail anyway. Oh yeah, um, of course. Yeah. And they walk across the soundstage, and there's a big petrol station in there. Oh, is there? Wow. Yeah. I wasn't even looking out for these type of things. You see, it's your mind I've, works wonders. Well, this is it because I've seen it so many times. Um, yeah. I can have a look in the background. Um, yeah. One other reference I spotted um, in the same sort of one it, what if scene, there's a little boy. Well, do you know when the bit where they're in, they're in France and it's yeah. like um, the sailors and, and that walking past? Very umbrellas of Cherbourg, anyway. Yeah. And Cherbourg. <laughs> um, there's a little boy and he's got a big red balloon. Um, ah, oh yes, I noticed that as well. Like be, the red balloon, maybe could, the red could balloon. Could be a reference to one of my favourite inanimate <laughs> characters. <laughs> yeah, you love that balloon. I do love that balloon. Well, the the only like the non musical one that I've I didn't notice to be fair. I read up on was um, during the City of Stars bit. The green light in the apartment was created at the last minute because Damien Chazelle had been watching Vertigo by Alfred Hitchcock, and there's uh, a very key scene in that film where it's all green. Yeah. Um, but they also changed Emma Stone's dress that morning so that it would be purple, like Kim Novak's dress in Vertigo as well. So he, he just watched it the night before and went, right, we're having some Vertigo references as well. So he's throwing everything into this. I, I think if I was a director, I'd do lots of that as well. I'll start with the with the opening scene. And like I say, I said to you at the time, didn't I, that if some little shit rode his bike on my car in the middle of a traffic jam, yeah, that would be a, a right pain in the ass. And I was thinking, I'd be pissed off by all the dancers, especially if, you know, what if you were with your wife and she was pregnant? And you, I know, obviously, you're stuck in the traffic jam, but yeah. doing that on top of that would have been... They should do an edit where someone's just driving, like, getting pissed off. There probably is something that exists. Yeah. Where it's a, someone doesn't realise they're in a musical. Well, it Definitely. starts with people, lose people honking their horns, don't they? But 
that it stops as soon as they start singing. I I would have thought there'd be people at the back honk their horns even more. <laughs> yeah. Get yeah, back definitely. in your fucking car and drive. <laughs> yeah, definitely. To be honest, I'm going to make an admission here. And this is one of my only negative things I have to say about the film. I'm not into the songs, any of them, really. And this no. one particularly. Yeah, I, they all sound the same to me, in all honesty. I mean, they're fine. I just don't particularly like this type of music. I know it's a musical, but yeah. I don't know, they're all a bit samey. Well, it was it was all written by Justin Hurwitz, um, who is a good friend of Damien Chazelle. I believe they were into Harvard University together. I think um, so. And they conceived the idea. Well, Chazelle came up with the idea, and he always had it in mind that Justin would do the, the music for him, like he did on Whiplash and Babylon and First Man. So I think they are... Well, I think Damien Chazelle said that Justin Hurwitz will do the music on every film he does. I... I don't like all the music, but anyway, I like in this. Uh, I like the bit he plays. I think they just call it the Sebastian and Mia song. I don't know if it's got an actual name. Yeah, I actually, I to be fair, I'm going to go back on that. I like that that one because yeah. it. I don't know. It's quite, mel- it's, it's quite melancholic, isn't it? Yeah. Um, which is nice. Which you say they're emotional. I think I watched the majority of this film with a lump in my throat. Um, I don't know if I did the first time, but knowing what comes, I'm not going to give any spoilers away just yet, but. Knowing what comes, I, I I do get very emotional over this film. It makes me cry. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I didn't really cry, but um, I could. If I'd had a couple of if I'd had a couple of rums, I would have done. No, yeah, the, the music uh, for me uh, it fits, and it and it's sort of a mixture of sort of classical sort of music with jazz. It sounds a bit Disney as well, a little bit when the orchestral sort of parts pick up. Um, but also I like that the whole film's about being classy and sort of um, an homage to the golden era of Hollywood and stuff like that. Yeah. And then John Legend's character comes in, who's quite sort of contemporary and, and modern, which is sort of against everything yeah. that the film's about so far. And a fact about him, he had to learn guitar, um, but can play piano. And Ryan Gosling had to learn piano, but can play guitar in real life. They should have just, just swapped. Yeah, it's just very ironic, that, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Well, obviously, um, I'm assuming people have watched this film, but the main idea is that Ryan Gosling's character, Sebastian, wants to open a jazz club, and then Emma Stone's character, Mia, wants to be mm-hmm. an actress. That's basically all you need to know about this film. Um, originally, though, it was meant to be Emma Watson and Miles Teller, which... Oh, I don't know I if I like that. No, I wouldn't have liked that, and I'll tell you no one would have been winning a Best Actress Award for that film. Yeah, bless her, Emma Watson. Wasn't it to do with Beauty and the Beast? The scheduling yeah, she dropped out to that. do that, and then Miles Teller's just bell he? So it so it was about contracts and stuff. Well, I think, ironically, Emma Stone dropped out of the role of Little Women. Who, then? Who took that? Emma Watson. I think that they had to, because those two dropped out who were much younger or at least younger looking because Emma Stone's pretty young anyway. I think she's only 27 when she did this. Um, But I think the original idea was meant to be two fresh-faced people in Hollywood looking to do this, uh, these achieve their dreams or whatever. And I think originally Sebastian wasn't, his dream wasn't to open a jazz club, it was just to be a successful jazz musician. I I think Ryan Gosling was the one who said, yeah, yeah, I think he he had a lot of input, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Which is, which is good. Um, And I think it makes more sense. Um, because when he does then become a success- successful musician, then it just becomes a thing about you're not playing the genre you want, if you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah. He still is a successful musician then, um, so he would have achieved his dream in, in that sense. But if it's about the 
the jazz bar. Um, it's much better. I'm glad they changed it. But yeah, they made them a little bit older because they cast Ryan and Emma. Um, so instead of them being people that have just come into Hollywood, like uh, in Mulholland Drive, say, they've been doing it for a, a few years, five or so years or whatever. I feel like it's quite out of uh, character, this film, for Ryan Gosling. Well, definitely at the time, anyway. I, I think so, too. Well, he was a mu- he is a musician as well, though, isn't he? But he yeah, does more like... He's a guitarist. And he's... Does he do like folky sort of guitar stuff? I no, don't know. He's, I'm not he's, listening he's, to it. His band's quite like sort of... Indie rock. More, yeah, a bit more indie, a bit more grungy I do like Emma Stone, though. She... Uh, I, I forget about her sometimes, but... Um, yeah, I think she's great. Yeah, I like I like Emma Stone as well. This watching this film reminded me how good of an actor she is. I mean that that scene with her in the audition. Yes, I, I remember when I first watched this, I was like, "That was bloody good," and they're not yeah. listening. Yeah, the <laughs> crying scene. Yeah, it's mad. I was like, "That's insane." Because I was always confused because her first audition, that one, she does the crying scene, and she's very good visually acting. She 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 can say a lot with her expressions and stuff. Big she's eyes. Like, yeah, big eyes. And that scene's great. And then her auditions after that were a bit crap, aren't they? And I yeah. remember just thinking, why has she gone from being really she's phoning good? it in. <laughs> I know. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. I suppose you have to have seen the first audition to if she'd had crap auditions throughout yeah, and you, you couldn't believe that. then that she'd be a big actress and she'd be this big movie star by the end of the film. But because we know she's got it in her because she's done that first audition. That first audition scene, you've probably seen this, um, where she's interrupted, is actually based on one of Ryan Gosling's actual auditions in real life. Yeah, someone coming in asking what they wanted for their lunch or something. Yeah, well, that's he's awful. crying, yeah. Well, there's a line in this film that I like. Hollywood is a place where they worship everything but value nothing. Powerful. Powerful. Powerful um, words. Apparently, that was actually Eva Mendes that came up with that line. She said it to Ryan Gosling once as a joke, and then he said... He ad-libbed it and put it in there. Um, it is quite poetic, that, isn't it? As a, An offhand off- comment to me. Yeah, off- <laughs> yeah, even Mendes are writing some more things. Chazelle was trying to sell it, but he couldn't. Um, and then the only people that wanted to buy it off him wanted him to change it too much. Um, so what he did is he also had Whiplash in the works. Oh, right. Um, and it was a lot easier to sell Whiplash. Yeah. Um, which he did. Um, and that made shitloads, wasn't it? Like... It wasn't nominated for yeah, it was lot, yeah, anyway. lots of Oscars and um, J.K. Simmons won, I think. For, yeah, he won uh, best supporting, didn't he? He's in um, this. He is in this. Yeah, he plays the proprietor of that restaurant that Ryan Gosling yeah, works at. The restaurant, and I think Damien Giselle and him had an inside joke where they uh, on set where they said this was actually the character from Whitlash who who after being fired from a musical yeah. career opened a restaurant and he, and he never wants to hear jazz again. That's why he keeps stopping Ryan Gosling. Yeah, that <laughs> uh, makes sense. That's quite good. In yeah. Damien Chazelle's universe. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so with the, the money and the success of Whiplash, that's the, the only reason this film was made. So if it wasn't for Whiplash, you wouldn't have watched La La Land. Were you rushing or were you dragging? Obviously, this has a very similar ending to The Umbrellas of Cherbourg. Yeah. Um, to, they both achieve their dreams, which is is lovely. Um, Emma Stone becomes this big actress, and Ryan Gosling earns enough money from his band, The Messengers. Uh, shit name. Um, I'm surprised it wasn't taken. The Messengers. Yeah, probably. There's, surely there's a band with a person's name and The Messengers. Surely, yeah, surely, surely. <laughs> um, and anyway, he opens his jazz club, so he's doing that. But obviously, to achieve their dreams, they have to. They had to go their separate ways, which is very sad. Um, but then they tease you with that what if 
sort of montage and it shows you what would have happened if they'd done everything right if there's no hiccups in the relationship and she becomes an actress and he still gets his jazz uh, his, his jazz club in in France I don't know if it's his jazz club in France but he's playing a piano in one isn't he yeah um, and they have a kid and have a house and stuff like that and just as you think they've corrected it thank fuck for that yeah and then it flicks and um, she's back with her husband sat in the front row and Ryan Gosling's back on the piano. If we did a top three heartbreaking moments, I'd put that in one. <laughs> oh, yeah. It, yeah, it makes my heart sink, that scene. That bit, I'm just like, oh, no. I think the end of Kez would be it for me, but yeah. that's just me. Elephant Man as well, obviously. <laughs> Elephant Man. We don't need to talk about it every episode. Betray you in, uh, in his Never Ending Story. Uh, I Am Legend Dog. Anything with an animal would be it. But yeah, it is sad. I, I, I'm not going <laughs> to talk down on it. It is a, an emotional moment. I actually, I'm going to admit it, I felt, I felt a lot of emotions during this film. Put me through the ringer. Made me think about life. I'm very glad about that. <laughs> I'm very glad about that because I was worried that you'd be like, ah, load of shit. No, no. I'm glad I, I, I get emotional with films. You should see me. That's why I watch films alone. I'm a, I cry. I'm a you cry baby. You haven't just got a swinging brick for a heart then. No, I'm all right, really, when you get to Dobie. <laughs> I have a question. Go on. Emma Stone has a huge mu- mural of Ingrid Bergman on her wall in a room. Who would you have? Uh, Emma Stone. Fair enough. Uh, actor. Anything? Well, yeah. Well, I don't know. If it's not actor, it'd be, it'd be John Lennon, wouldn't it? That's fair. I felt I felt quite nice, but she took it down halfway through the film. Yeah. Um, <sighs> who would you have? Um, probably Noel Edmonds. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, if I was going for an actor and I was trying to be cool, I'd probably have James Dean. Or yeah, if I was trying to be cool. Yeah, 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 you would. Al Pacino, you'd have sure. Yeah, like. yeah Al Pacino would be up there. Um, I, I did, I did have a big... Do you remember I used to have a big metal picture of James Dean? It was like... Yeah. I don't know why it was metal. <laughs> it was <like> <laughs> why was it metal? Metal picture. But I bought it from a shop um, by the beach that was selling like... Um, like fucking rafts and um, oh I know what you mean it was it glasses and was it Tembi <laughs> might have been Tembi yeah yeah and then randomly in there they had a big James Dean picture so I was like well I'm having that yeah I watched like a behind the scenes sort of thing uh, on this film because it seemed like one of those films I liked it I liked to see how it was done yeah um, they use a lot of sort of uh, long shots and uh, most of it was shot on a on a big fuck off crane basically um, <laughs> a bird yeah, um, and you know, um, the someone in the crowd bit, and they're at that big house party in the pool, and everyone's jumping in. Yeah, I like um, that bit. Yeah, and the crown, the, the the crane goes down, and it just like goes in the water and dips up and spins round. And I'm just thinking, how do you? I would love to be that fellow controlling that crane. It'd be great. <laughs> yeah, I would love that. Jumping in a bit of water and spinning it round. That's weird because that shot actually really uh, stood out to me. Yeah, jumping yeah. in. Just, yeah, that'd be a good job. <laughs> There's another scene as well um, um, where Emma Stone is dancing in the jazz club to uh, 
uh, Sebastian playing. Oh, and it goes yeah, back and forth. It goes back them. and forth, and on the behind the scenes, it's just the cameraman just doing it dead quick. I just the actions you might have heard. But yeah, just like and I just, camera whip. Yeah, camera whip. But he does the same in uh, in Whiplash as well. Well, um, clues in the name. It's a bit of a, a trademark. Yeah, um, I like it when the directors sort of develop a little sort of portfolio of things they do in each film. You sent me a post, didn't you, of their key yes. signature moves. And yeah, that would be one of Damien Chazelle's, I think. The more I've looked into Damien Chazelle, the more I'm a big stan of Damien Chazelle. Wow. Um, I haven't seen Babylon yet, but... I know, I thought you'd be all over Babylon. I've not been all over it. Do you know what? Genuinely, since we've started doing this podcast, I've only really been watching the films that Disgusting. we're doing on the podcast in all honesty you're going to run out of films to talk about in the top three soon you'll be like oh, yeah. I haven't watched anything new I don't yeah, know, I, know I will because <laughs> I spend well I watch the film and then any sort of free time I get I'm just researching the films and looking up and doing my notes and all that sort of stuff then obviously we've got like football and work and stuff like that so yeah. I just don't feel like I've got time for any other film and then even if, if I do have time for another film and I'm knackered I'll just stick something I've easy I can happily fall asleep to like fucking super bad or something like that. Mm. Um, so yeah, I don't, I feel like I've genuinely started watching less films just because we started doing the podcast. Like tonight, what I'd be doing if I wasn't doing this, I'd probably be watching Babylon well, or the Fablemans or something, but um, maybe we can do them as bonus episodes or something. There's always that option in the future. We'll see how we get on. Yeah. We, as you said, you struggle with, you know, just watching one at the minute really, but Whereas I'm watching a film about a woman turning into a reindeer from Finland the other night. So yeah, that's I know. Just, that's the difference. I saw it from 1954 or something, wasn't it? Ridiculous. Yeah. Mad. <laughs> Killing people. Yeah. Going around as a reindeer. Killing people. Just to uh, latch onto what you said about the thing in the pool, I, I, I like all the... I think the main thing I like about it, like, what was it we were also talking about? The, the technical things. Yeah. Um, of this film that's what makes me really like it as I said music not so much I like the performances and I like the direction the technical stuff and that that little thing in this in the swimming pool really was was basically a homage to old you know classical music style filmmaking wasn't it yeah and obviously the end bit where they're basically on sets that look like they could be from you know the MGM era and all that golden age of Hollywood and all that stuff but I like that aspect of it quite a bit no I do too I also like the the, the bold colours um, there's a big theme of bold colours obviously um, Mia and yeah. seems to wear like a lot of the time a solid colour I was going to say another thing I liked um, that Damien Chazelle said that he said there's four main characters in this film there's Sebastian there's Mia there's the city of Los Angeles um, <laughs> and then there's the music as well um, I a, that. Just that I reminds me of uh, there's a film I watched with uh, Paul Rudd and um, what's her name <laughs> Leslie well, Mann, usually. Yeah, I know. It's not <laughs> Leslie Mann. Amy yeah. Poehler. Oh, right, okay. Uh, with Paul Rudd and Amy Poehler called They Came Together, and it's just a Mickey take of, of loads of rom-coms. It's like all the way through, it's just them taking the Mickey. It's a bit like Airplane, the yeah. type of comedy. Um, and at the beginning, he says, like New York is a character. That's what he says, and he keeps repeating that throughout <laughs> the film. No wonder you laughed at me. Yeah, <laughs> you thinking of Paul Rudd. <laughs> I was thinking of Paul Rudd. I can't, can't stop thinking about Paul Rudd. If it's got Paul Rudd in it, I'll, I'll usually like it. Um, classic he's a good Class guy act. Um, and he's, he's Chelsea's number one number one crush as well uh, I'm absolutely I, I fine with I'm I absolutely fine with that yeah he's a good guy if 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 you listen to this Paul Rudd and you want to take her out for a night that's fine you can do that I would let you that's fine yeah I, I agree take her yeah take her <laughs> <laughs>
My favourite scene in the film, though, I don't know what your favourite scene is. Um, maybe the, the pool bit, like you said. Um, okay. My, my favourite is when they are looking over the the horizon and there's that lamppost and yeah. there's the, the sunset sort of, well, the purple sort of skyed view. I don't know what sort of time of day that is, but you'd know, you'd love the sky. Um, <laughs> it's magic hour, Jake. It's magic hour. And it took them five takes over two days because they only had like a 20-minute window where the, the sky was like that, basically. Yeah. Um, and they did it in five takes, and I think that it's flawless, all that. Um, I, I just watched it five minutes before we started the um, started recording. Um, yeah. I just think it's great. I think that, 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 scene, like that. that scene can hold up against any scene, really, from, from any sort of musical. Or it, Yeah, it reminded me of those old musicals, that one, quite quite a bit, actually, more than quite a few of the other songs in this, really. That was the way it's choreographed and just the one little lamppost and stuff and the nice city behind them. It's very much like all the old, yeah. you know, Ginger Rogers and Fred Astaire and Gene Kelly and all those guys. It, it makes it's you want to watch those type of films, actually, yeah, to be honest. Yeah, same here. It, just, it, looked like a, it looked like a 4K version of one of those films. Yeah. Um, it, yeah, it, yeah, which is what I mean by t- it timeless. It, it is timeless because this could easily have come out in the 50s. Well, it's, it's elements of it could have yeah um there's also another bit when in the the griffiths um observatory which is a place yeah. i've always wanted to go um me too for rebel without a cause and gta 5 <laughs> gta 5 is the reason i want to go i often go there i like the observatory scene well. that was when you asked me what my favorite scene was that came to mind yeah um them floating about and stuff it looks nice yeah the wally scene of them floating in the sky <laughs> yeah it was yeah. stars um that all that bit there though where um it ends with them kissing and it pans in um yeah. and it blacks out um that's all shot in reverse so instead of zooming in it's actually zooming out instead of oh, them right. getting lifted off their s- seats they're getting dropped onto their seats that's weird if you know Why? What I mean. um i don't know strange i don't know but i think if if the film were to end with that them sort of is it that scene where they kiss in the observatory? Do they finally kiss? Yeah, yeah, that's when they finally kiss, and it goes. Yeah, that's. I think that's sort of like an indication that should be the real ending. If it was a an old musical, that's where it would end. Yeah, probably. But then after that, everything goes a bit awry because it does the little the classic. I don't know what you call it the the transition where it circular transition in and goes all black. Yeah, um, like it's the end of the. So it's sort of the end of the end fairy of the, tale, isn't it? Really, like before Looney Tunes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, Looney Tunes was what I wanted to say. Um, yeah. yeah, that's what I thought when I saw that. But I was like, right now, all the shit's about to hit the fan, unfortunately. Yeah, but yeah, and then obviously, you, you, you think there's a bit of a a shot of redemption sort of thing, and maybe uh, the end will change and shows you the the what if. But um, yeah, Do you no, always- it, do you always hope it's going to change every time you watch? Yeah, I do all the time with films. <laughs> I don't know what's wrong with me, but I, you think at the age of 27 that I'd stop doing that now. But sometimes I think that maybe it'll be different this time I'm watching it. Maybe it will have changed. There's a film called Clue um, that when it was released, they had three endings separately. So you didn't know which ending you were going to see every time you went in. So if you went and watched Clue back in the day, you would have had that experience. I have seen Clue, but I don't know which ending I saw. There's one now that's out that shows all the endings, and that's the one I've seen. But back in, like, you didn't know which one you were going to see when it came out. Which yeah, is, I think I've seen that one. And it, yeah, it just, yeah. It, it shows that all the, this could have happened, or this, basically. Yeah, through yeah I've seen that, and I just, yeah. I it's quite a good film, so, similar, similar, yeah, it is a good film. I always like Tim Curry. Yeah. 
Um, he's a charismatic man. Yeah, he is. He's, he's good. Um, yeah, it's a good film, that. There's another bit that the montage, you know, going to all like, the classic places around Los Angeles. and Yeah. Um, what's that place called? Um, the the Angel's Flight, is it? The Like the, the train that sort of goes up a little bit. Oh, right. Yeah, I don't you know. know. I, can't, I, I know it's on there. Um, I think that was out of action. It was actually reopened in 2017. I've, I've oh, got was it, it. For, um, for the film? Or? Well, I think that it says here, attempts were made to repair and reopen the railway but to no avail. However, the production team were able to secure permission to use it for a day. Um, Chazelle and his crew then arranged to have it run for shooting uh, and then it was reopened again for public. So yeah, it looks like they fixed it. Pretty cool. Good on them. Another thing I never noticed until the first, this time I watched it, do you know um, his, Ryan Gosling's sister's in it? Yeah, I think no, I didn't know that. Name. Not her actual sister. Actual oh, sister. right. Oh, right, yeah. Barely. She's think, in it for yeah. one scene, weirdly. Well, never returns. Well, I thought she never returned, but she's the, the one that gets married. Uh, that She's the one that... Oh, yeah, because I wondered, who the hell is, is that yeah. couple? I was like, I why? Just, and he's looking at a made... picture of her. I was like, who's that? Yeah, <laughs> I thought they just made like couple friends or something just to show that yeah. they're more couple if you get Because it, I mean. does, it does seem like they've just met them on a day out because they take their picture, don't they, at one yeah. point? Um, um, I thought that was weird. I was like, oh, okay, they made mates off screen somehow. Yeah, but no, it's his sister. <laughs> I didn't um, realise that. That's the amount strange. of times I've seen this and I never realised. <laughs> Makes more um, sense. Yeah, definitely makes more sense, yeah. Um, the other, the only other scene I can think of then off the top of my head um, that is quite a powerful scene is her audition where they, the one that sort of her, her career sort of takes off her big chance um, oh, yeah. and she stood there and she's telling the story about her aunt mm. uh, in Paris and jumps into the, the lake once. It's a bit yeah. of a shit story, but it's a bit like the Theresa May running, <laughs> running through a field of wheat. But they had the piano playing in um, Emma Stone's ear. Um, All right. And it was being played in the room next to him, apparently. And she just could decide then when it went from talking to singing. Um, it was just her call, really. It was whenever she felt like it was the right time to take it from talking to sing yeah, a lot of pressure um yeah i think i think stuff like that helps though definitely with sort of the development of the character and um gives you a better feeling of, of the character definitely yeah yeah i i would i would have crapped myself in that scene if i only had the piano in my ear and it wasn't playing out loud and i had to sing like like yeah. pop idol style tell <laughs> us one of those judges or if, it, music. or if it was in real life and you were in the the audition someone said just tell us a story Oh god, yeah, that'd be I awful. Like I'd just be making one up. I was thinking that literally when I was watching, it, I was like, "What would I say?" I, I would literally, yeah, just make something up. I, I was I, not, I've not, I've got nothing to tell. One, two, one, two, three. Should we do our ratings and shit? Yeah, so when it first tested for audiences, it received a below-average rating of 65. Um, they apparently hated the Another Day of Sun beginning. And That's what also, I said before. And also, and also hated the ending. Oh. With the, the downer that it ended on. But I think that makes it the, the film it is, really, the ending. I don't remember the downer so, in this film. The end, well, sort of. It, they're not together, are they, at the end? Oh, are you joking? <laughs> right. It's hard to tell when we're not 
face to face. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Usually, I see you do a little smirk and a little <laughs> rice smile. In your mouth that thing. Yeah, yeah, rice smile that glint in your eye. But I disagree with them. I gave it four and a half out of five on Letterboxd. It's very high praise for you, I think. Yeah, it is. I didn't expect it, but Jake, a lot of things came up in my head when I was watching this. I'm Go on, we'll share them. No. <laughs> <laughs> just know that I was I was like yeah wow. touched 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 by an touched, angel touched by an angel calls and Ryan I fancy Gosling. Emma Stone quite a bit so that helps I think Ryan Gosling's very handsome as well <laughs> um, he's cool isn't he Ryan Gosling yeah he's got I like that. he's he's very he's likable he's well. yeah he is he's a very a cool looking fella um, but yeah he's like the Paul Newman of today isn't he yeah I'd say yeah very much so um, but what but, would you what would you give Give this, this, La La Land. Well, this film I gave it a five. Of course, I gave it a five. I would have given yeah. it a six if I could. Wow. Um, I told you. I said last week it was going to be a five. Um, I which is why I, when you said you were watching it, I was. I stayed up late to see if I could hold on <laughs> to see what your review was because I was, I was worried. And well, I was lying in bed and I sort of <laughs> lay there for twenty minutes thinking, and then I checked my phone just to see if you'd logged it, just because I wanted to know. I wanted to know if we would fall out. <laughs> Tossing and turning. I was. I genuinely was. And it, it didn't show. Um, and yeah. I saw it in the morning and I saw four and a half and I messaged you, didn't I, saying... You're excited. Legend. Yeah. Um, well, but yeah, I'm, no, surpri- I, I'm as surprised as you are, to be honest. But there you go. That's yeah. just... Oh, the cookie crumbled. Cookie crumbled. I'm really glad. And I think if any if anybody gave this film a go, even if musicals aren't your thing, I think you would be very pleasantly surprised. But yeah, so I've given it five, you've given it four and a half, which gives it the, the total score of, of 9.5. Which... That's mental, and that, this is what is worrying me. <laughs> I, 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 yeah, and I did, I did, I wanted to be honest. I wanted to give it the rating I thought, but you have to knowing that it's going to beat some films it's, that I love now it's on this bigger, list. It's bigger than Jaws. That's ridiculous. It's, it's not better than Jaws. It is not better than Jaws as a film. I want to put that out there. I've given it five. You're giving it four and a half. It, it's it's maths. I'm afraid. La La Land is the second best film of all time currently. happening i don't think many people understand what that is <laughs> i do that i don't really understand what it is i just put it in as a noise to put it in the pantheon i think that's the sort of the noise that represents yeah placing it in the pantheon yeah i know i know what you mean yeah yeah definitely. that's, that's what was my thought yeah of course it is like, oh, it's like i can picture it behind a glass case yeah it's, film now it's raising gold, it's gold being gold raised into yeah, it's, been, oh, it's, it's raising yeah. from All right, fair enough. it's Hopefully. flying from your hands onto the wall of hall of fame onto <laughs> yeah the wall i just of, i thought i've never really explained what that noise is um but that's what that represents basically in case yeah, you're confused i'm sure is. you probably got it I just yeah all right I, okay it's getting placed in the annals of movie history yeah shall i pick the next film yeah i can't remember is it a 60s film next 60s, yes. I'm going to go with a film that I've only seen. I don't think I've seen any of this director's films, but he's a very famous and loved director by a lot of people, especially on Letterboxd. If you look in the top 250 on Letterboxd, a few of his films are there, I think. Um, he's called Billy Wilder. The, the film I'm going to go with is called The Apartment. Ah, I've heard of that. Um, that's, that's the film. <laughs>